It's time for Diva Live, the number one radio show in the private service industry. Diva Live is a radio show that allows private service professionals to discuss topics that pertain to their industry. Now, here are your hosts, Diva National President Matthew Hack and private service professional DJ Haverkamp. Hello and welcome to another edition of Dima Live. Dima Live is a radio show intended to bring private service professionals, product suppliers, principals, and recruitment agencies together to discuss topics of interest to the high net worth service industry. Dima Live is produced by the Domestic Estate Management Association, a professional trade association with a mission to serve those that serve others. Our website is www.domesticmanagers.com. For our live show listeners, you can log into Blog Talk Radio website to submit questions online. You can also text questions to 313-404-3998. Once again, that phone number to text your questions is 313-404-3998. My name is Matthew Hack. I'm the president of the Domestic Estate Management Association, and I'll be your host for today's show. I'm also joined by my co-host, DJ Haverkamp, a private service professional based in the New York area. As a follow-up to last week's show with Katie Carter from Allied Marine, we've asked Carrie Bruce Lyons to join us today. Carrie is serving as president of the South Florida Palm Beach uh, DEMA chapter. On the show, Carrie will be sharing some of her insights with regards to a career in private service in the luxury yacht industry. Carrie has had an extensive career in private service, both at sea and as a land-based estate manager. To all of our listeners who normally tune in on Wednesdays at noon, thank you for indulging us with our schedule change for this week as we wanted to make sure that we could get Carrie on the show to follow up uh, after we had Katie on last week. So with that being said, let's go ahead and get the show kicked off. DJ, how's your week going today? Uh, had Had a good week, Matt. Things are well. It was fun over the weekend. I was able to go to uh, one of the marinas in Greenwich and have cocktails. And it was, uh, I thought it was quite timely to be sitting there amongst the, the lovely yachts and thinking about some of the questions we were going to be asking Carrie tonight. So, yeah, it's been, it's been a good week. Excellent. It must have been due to the fact of uh, Katie's uh, discussion that you wanted to go look at and check out some yachts, right? And there you go. <laughs> Trying to figure out which one I was going to charter. There you go. Well, now now we've got Carrie on the line with us today, and uh, you can figure out who's gonna who's gonna actually take care of the boat for you, right? So, with that there being we said, Carrie, welcome uh, welcome to Dima Live, Carrie. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Matt. Thanks, DJ. No problem. We're definitely excited to have you on the show, Carrie. And you know, we usually start our show by having our guests tell a little little bit about themselves. So, can we go ahead and start there and just tell us how you got your uh, Uh, how you got your uh, career started in the private service industry. Sure. Um, I was in yachting for 23 years. Um, I started out as a stewardess on a 127-foot motor sailor, and I worked my way up to larger yachts. I met my husband in the business. Um, I've held all the positions um, that I could as a stewardess. I was a chef. I've done deck work, Um, I've driven tenders, and I've also uh, set a goal for myself when I got into this business um, after five years to obtain my captain's license, which I did. Excellent. We have also commissioned two uh, new boats 
uh, from from uh, build up, and I actually transitioned to land in uh, 2008, and I am currently uh, an estate manager, private uh, personal assistant in the North Palm Beach area. That's awesome, and I think that that was one of the main reasons that DJ and I wanted to have you on this show was because um, having Katie on last week was uh, was great. She talked a lot about yachts and, and how to charter yachts, and you know we thought a great transition would be our, a PSP corner with a private service professional that had had started off um, working uh, in, in the uh, yachting industry and then transferred over into the private service industry. So. With that being said, you know, we're really excited to have you on the show, and we thought that maybe you could share with some of your insights from your career in the yachting world. You mentioned before that you started as a stewardess. How did you get your first job? A very interesting question. I was in the banking industry, and I was in the uh, West Palm Beach, Palm Beach area, and I was conducting a seminar. And as I was conducting a seminar, the hotel that I was staying in was on the intercoastal and I saw beautiful yachts and I was thinking, how could I possibly get a job on one of those? Cause that looks very interesting. So with a little research, um, I found there were crew agencies in the area. Um, I pursued uh, contacting them and redesigned my resume in order to be more yachting friendly you know, with domestic duties and any kind of small boat experiences that I had and the willingness to learn everything about yachting and sent my resume in. And within a short period of time, I got some calls for interviews and interviewed and was able to get a job. That's awesome. And and I don't know, is it it the same? Do you find it that, that it's the same as in the private service industry where if you don't have a lot of experience, you know, the agencies will tell you that you don't have enough experience and, you know, you don't, you, you're not qualified for that job, or is it a little bit easier to get in started with the, uh, with the yachting industry? I would say that for today's uh, hiring back when I was looking, um, it was before a lot of the schools were in place. Um, I had to prove myself uh, for one uh, but in in today's world, uh, there are courses that you can take in order to get a little bit of experience behind you to be able to get into the to the yachting business. Okay, excellent. And I, I just brought that up because I think it's something that's important to note that, you know, as things change, you know, we're going to talk a little bit about the, the schools and the schooling here uh, later on in the discussion. But I just wanted to, I thought that was interesting that you, you know, you were able to tweak your resume a little bit and able to, to step in there and land that, that first position. And speaking of that first position, what is it that a stewardess does do on a yacht? Well, a steward or stewardess um, is responsible for the interior of the vessel. Uh, They should be able to clean like a little white tornado going through and making sure everything is in order, ironing, unpacking, packing guest luggage, uh, providing service to the guests with it, you know, with it being food service, uh, bartending, assisting guests with requests with whatever it may be, reporting that to the captain uh, for maybe the day's activities. 
silver service is definitely a plus to have. Um, knowing how to make floral arrangements is a plus to have. Uh, you're constantly uh, cleaning the inside, making sure you know everything is five star. Hi, Carrie. Uh, you know, before the show, we were talking a little bit about the rest of the crew that's on uh, luxury yachts and, and just how the staff on a yacht is organized. And I was wondering if maybe you could um, just share with our listeners the overall organization of a yacht crew and, and how it's staffed. Sure. Um, it definitely depends on the size. Um, I started out on a smaller vessel uh, and my first boat was 127 feet, and I was on that for a period of time, and then I went actually to a smaller vessel that only had three crew. You have a captain, you have a, a, a chef uh, deckhand at the time, or a stewardess, and the three of us worked very closely together. We each helped each other with their jobs, but as you get into the larger vessels, then you have a department-based crew where you have, of course, the captain who is responsible for the vessel, the safety and lives of the people and property. Then you have uh, an engineer department um, on the larger yachts that you have a chief engineer, uh, a first or uh, a second engineer, and sometimes a third engineer who are constantly making sure that the mechanical system in the vessel are in working order. Um, the toys that are on deck have to be in working order as well, and they keep those um, maintained. You have uh, the deck department, which the first officer would be in charge of, which could consist of the first officer, uh, the bosun, and then you could have one, two, three, four deck hands, depending on the size of the vessel. And the same with the interior department. You have a chief steward or stewardess. And then you have a second stew, third stew, fourth stew, sometimes a laundress. Uh, it just depends on the size of the vessel and the structure of the staff. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, Matt wanted me to remind everyone who's listening live that if they want to um, ask a question for Carrie tonight, that they can uh, press the number one on Blog Talk Radio, and we'll be able to uh, take their questions tonight. So the, the stewardess is part of the interior department, right? That is correct. Okay. So let me ask you this. If someone were interested, and, and one of the big things that I know I get asked a lot when I go to our local meetings is, especially by folks that are young that are trying to get in the private service industry, is how do I get experience? And the great thing about working on a yacht is that there are so many parallels to what you're doing on a yacht. You're just basically running a fine home. It just happens to be on sea. But if you were trying to break in, and maybe you could go through the different departments and tell us about sort of some of the entry-level uh, jobs that you might find in those departments within the yacht and some of the other jobs that maybe people could progress into as they move through their career, and a little bit about how they might parallel to like a, a position in a, an estate on land. Sure. Well, when I, when I started, I can give myself an, as an example. I started as a stewardess, and um, because of my banking background, I was doing uh, all the accounting on each boat that I worked on as I worked my way up. 
uh, I had the opportunity to move from uh, being a stewardess into the galley because the chef left and we were in the need of a chef right away. So I stepped in and started cooking and I ended up cooking on yachts for over 12 years. Um, With that being said, I also had the responsibility of going outside when we were docking and getting on deck and handling the lines. Um, When the vessel came to a dock or when we were leaving a dock, Uh, As I got the experience and I worked my way up, um, it was getting to be more so of a responsibility because each vessel that I was on, I also was the personal assistant to the principal. And I also did a lot, you know, for the captain, who was my husband as well, when it came to uh, the accounting or paperwork um, for crew payroll or working with the accounting department directly. I... um, actually had a when when I got out of the galley to concentrate more on my personal assistant and the interior duties we hired a full-time chef to come in and take over the galley duties so that got me into the position of purser which I did for the rest of my career in yachting Uh, but when an entry-level person comes in you come in as you know, the the lower level as a stewardess or a deckhand, and you really want to learn all the ropes. You want to have someone there to mentor you to be able to learn how you can step up each time from the experiences that you learn. So what you're saying is that starting as a steward or a deckhand is kind of the entry level into a position maybe on a yacht. Is that correct, my understanding? That. That is correct. Okay. You know, if you don't have experience, obviously, if you have experience, then depending on the size of the boat, you might have a a different position available. But I would recommend anyone that was interested in getting a job on a yacht, there are certain requirements, uh, one being uh, an STCW certification. And that is something that when you do go uh, to a crew agency, that's one thing that they will ask you if you have. And if you take it upon yourself to go ahead and get that behind you, that's just one step in the right direction. Okay, so one, one real quickly then, Carrie, do you, do you think that working on a yacht is a good way for someone who is getting started in a career in private service? Do you think that's a, a good opportunity for them to really get a good start? Absolutely. Um, you are very diversified when you work on a yacht because you are away from any place most of the time that you can't really call for help if you need somebody to come in and take over. You, you know each other's jobs to a certain extent, and um, especially learning on the smaller vessels, uh, you're definitely more diversified. And I have seen uh, job postings which actually ask for people that may have yachting experience. Okay. So, does do you, I mean, obviously, experience is, is a very huge part of everything that goes on in, in the private service industry. What kind of training does, does a person need to get started in the, the yachting industry? 
Well, that's one thing, um, you know, that I had mentioned with STCW, which stands for Standards of Training Certificate, uh, Certification and Watchkeeping. It's actually a five-day course um, that includes basic firefighting, personal survival techniques, personal safety, social responsibilities, and uh, basic first aid. Um, it's something that really anybody should have uh, under their belt before they decide if they want to work on a yacht or not because it's it's great information. There's a lot of safety um, factors that you need to, to think about when you're there. You know, if there is a fire, you need to have basic skills as to how to react, and this is all part of that course. So, so, Carrie, I, I was just thinking about what you were saying, and I, I think that with regard to, like, people who work in private service, one of the things that I find really interesting about working in a yacht is how it's sort of a team effort and that you kind of have people that have been working on a yacht, if, you've, if you're just new, that you can sort of learn from that have been around if you're just getting started because – there are going to be people that have been in yachting before you get started. So I guess I'd be curious to know just how, how much cross training and how much of an activity that you could learn if you were trying to develop more skills that would be appropriate for maybe later working in an estate manager role on land that you might be able to, to garner working on a yacht. That's true. Uh, if you're working on the, you know, in the interior, uh, if you have the knowledge of silver service, or if you, if you don't, you will learn it uh, from the people that you are working with. Uh, the chief stewardess should be well versed in the type of service. Uh, you have, you know, the proper care of certain metals um, and marble that could be on board. That's very, very important to know what to do with and how to properly care for. Uh, there's many things to learn, and not only on the interior, but just in general with what happens on the outside. You know, uh, every crew member usually takes part in standing watch when, when they go to sea. Uh, so there's so much to learn, and the best part about it is you can never get bored because there's so many different areas that you can uh, learn from and gain a vast knowledge with. Mm -hmm. That's great. Could you just, for the sake of our listeners who maybe don't know what silver service is, uh, tell folks just what, what you're referring to when you say silver service? And then as a follow-up, Carrie, could you explain how maybe a person could move up in a position or how you might advance in your career as a, as a, as a person who's working on a luxury yacht? Yes. Well, there's many schools um, that offer classes uh, that are made, you know, that are designed for yachts. Uh, one of them is learning Silver service, and that is the proper way to serve uh, the guest on board, uh, depending on the type of service. Um, many, many families like to have family service, and then you have very formal guests who like to have 
you know, the proper silverware and the proper position, the proper dishes, the proper glasses, uh, a very formal setting um, that is very good to learn from uh, and to just continue to gain the knowledge that you can from anybody that is there to give you that experience. Okay. Well, Carrie, obviously in, in terms of, of the silver service, that's one portion of it. And I, I think that obviously the more that, that you are on a yacht, the, the more that people are able to really tell that there's a lot of, uh, a lot of moving parts that are going on all at the same time. And, you have to obviously be very organized um, to be working on a yacht. So could you go over some of the pros and cons on, on working on a a luxury yacht? Uh, Yes. Um, Many people think it's a glamorous position because you're on a, on a yacht and you're, you know, uh, cruising around. Uh, It is glamorous uh, for the guests that are on board for the crew. It's, um, a, it's an honor to work on one of those vessels, but it's a lot of work. Uh, you're uh, for the stewardesses, there or stewards, they're inside most of the time, um, except when the guests are outside. Uh, you either can really work on a, a yacht, or you can't. There's really no in between because you are. Uh, at the mercy of the sea, and I always say it's not the size of the ship, it's the motion of the ocean. It's a place where you are, you know, you're there for the duration. Uh, it can be tight quarters if you're not living in in a place that you're familiar with. Um, you can't just get up and go home or, or go to shore. Uh, those Those are the cons that you adapt to um some people never have a problem with that that's the lifestyle the pros uh i would say are free room and board uh it's a great way to save money it's a great learning experience you meet wonderful people um i would say the cross training that you learn in all of the areas is just so beneficial for skills to take with you if you were to change and decide to go on a, a shore-based job. Um, I would say most of the experiences that I had, you know, working with people and how to handle certain situations, I took with me when I went from working on the yacht to working in an estate. Basically, it's the same except you're, you're not moving. You're anchored. You're in one, one place. Okay. No, that, and that, and that all makes perfect sense. And I think that that's one of the reasons that we've had so many, um, so many of our members have been successful uh, both in the yachting industry and then in the transition over to land-based operations. One thing I do have a question. Do you, um, have you ever watched the show below deck? Oh yes, I've seen have below you? deck. Okay. All right, so so here's my here's my question, and the only reason I ask this is because I think that this is on the this is we have been approached several times as an association, and we've never gotten involved um, with any of these reality shows um, because we never wanted to do a disservice uh, to the industry. And 
um, my, I wanted to get your personal thoughts on what you think about a reality show like Below Deck. Does that, do you think that does, I'm sure there's positive, there's pros and cons for how that impacts the industry. What are your personal thoughts on that? Um, it's very entertaining to watch. Uh, it is a reality show and yes, there can be drama on board. Um, personally, I don't think it does the yachting business any good, you know, with, um, some of the behavior uh, that you see both from the, the guest on board and the crew. Uh, but you know, those type of shows are becoming much more popular. And my comment is just, to remain as professional as possible and know when you, you know, when, when to draw that line. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's, that's, that's what I thought you were going to say. So that's, that's good. Um, well, one thing, one thing that you will not see this year uh, is uh, you will not see any of that drama or behind the stage or scenes at the uh, DEMA convention this year. I promise uh, we won't be recording any of that stuff. So um, we're, uh, we're really excited to be having all of our members um, come out to the national convention this year in Scottsdale, Arizona. Um, we've had several members of the association that are involved with the luxury yacht industry that will be attending. Um, Carrie, I know that you're planning on attending as well. So we're looking forward to seeing you there. Uh, this is the fifth uh, national convention and it's only a month away, I believe. Uh, I can't believe it's coming as quickly as it is. Early bird registration has ended on uh, June the 30th, but you can still register. Uh, we also offer a $100 discount uh, from by working with the agencies that are out there that are part of DEMA. So all you have to do is reach out to a local agency, ask them for their discount code, and uh, you can go ahead and register at the early bird rate uh, for the convention. The dates for the convention are August 26th through the 28th. The event will take place in Scottsdale, Arizona. Don't worry about how hot it is. We will be indoors the entire time except in the evening uh, when we finally get a break to get out and do some socializing and uh, be able to do some fun networking. So no need to worry about the heat. This is a chance to beat it, get inside, and learn a ton about the private service industry and, uh, and, and be able to meet a lot of great people in this industry. You can get more information on how you can register at the DemaConvention.com website. Once again, it's www.DemaConvention.com. Moving along, you know, Carrie, we're going to have, I don't know if you know this, we're going to have a career day on, uh, on that Friday, this kickoff convention. Did you know that? I did. That's excellent. Yeah, we're really excited about it. And uh, some of those agencies also do placement in the uh, luxury yachting world. So with that being, with, with, with me uh, explaining that, can you talk a little bit about how, if, if you were to be starting over right now, how would you go about getting a job in the luxury yacht, yachting world? I would definitely redesign my resume. Um to make it more yachting friendly or if they wanted to come from yachting to to the private service on land i would make it more land friendly and i actually had to do that with mine because um you don't you know people aren't really interested in seeing pictures of all these pretty boats because they want to see exactly what your experience is uh, i definitely would um have some schooling behind me where I can show, you know, that I'm very 
uh, interested in what I'm doing and something that I'm uh, career-minded at. Uh, Any type of educational background that you could get in the direction that you want to go is always a plus. Okay. Excellent. Well, any, any, um, obviously any type of education and any continuing education you can do in the industry, uh, from a knowledge base is always a great thing. And I couldn't, couldn't agree with you more. You know, one of the interesting things that, that I, uh, that, that we learned last week when Katie was on the show from Allied Marine is she was telling us about how uh, a lot of the luxury yachts are used for charters. And I was wondering if you might be able to expand a little bit uh, on that topic for us as far as how that impacts um, for the crew that works on that yacht that gets chartered out? Well, I would say a lot of crew prefer chartering because uh, it is a good way to see a different group of people come on each trip, depending on the duration of the charter. Uh, charter could be from a few days to a week. Some people charter a month, and on the bigger yachts, you even have people chartering, you know, for the season. Uh, a lot of times, you know, when they come on, they're on there mostly for their vacation. Sometimes it's business, but they're there to have their a vacation of a lifetime, and it's the cruise. Uh, duty to give them the five-star service, you know, that they deserve and to provide an experience that they will never forget. They go to wonderful ports. Uh, Many times there might be an event, uh, whether it's a birthday, anniversary, um, a, a special occasion. There's theme parties that we put together that are amazing and we just try to wow the charter with each day as it passes. Well, I think the number one thing that just came in my mind was never the the term "never let them see a sweat" uh, from a crew uh, from a crew standpoint, right? That with with the quick turnovers and being able to handle different uh, clients uh, coming on boat uh, on board and leaving, um, and one of the things that we have been working, DJ and I have been working at here uh, with this show and also through DEMA is to encourage high professional standards in the private service industry. And on DEMA Live, we've been asking all of our guests to share with us their thoughts on professionalism and any thoughts that you might have regarding a professional attitude as it pertains to your industry. Can you reflect on that just a little bit? Um, you know, from your perspective as it pertains to professionalism? Uh, Yes. You know, we're there to provide the service for the guest and to be, um, have a a great appearance. That's number one. You don't want to have someone that's, you know, serving you or working on, on board that is sloppy or just not groomed. You definitely want to start there, and you want to um, provide the guests the best service that you can in a very professional way. Uh, You do have guests that tend to get out of line. You just need to know how to handle certain situations. Obviously, if it gets to a certain point, you would have to go to the captain, but the crew should 
be very professional and know how to exit a situation if it came to an uncomfortable, you know, situation that they happen to get in. And also you want to make sure that your reputation is stellar because if you want to work your way up in the industry and you have a reputation of not being professional, it certainly will follow you. You hear that, DJ? So, so when we're when we're getting when I get out of line on the radio show, you'll have to get with Carrie on how to pull me back into line. Okay. We want you to represent for us, Matt. We want you to represent that professional attitude right here on the show. That's for sure. But Carrie, you know that's you're right on the mark because that I think is one of the biggest things that I think Matt and I have been learning over the past few months as we've been on the show, and that's a theme that just keeps coming up again and again, is trustworthiness. And having a real uh, professional attitude, those are really that plus developing the skills that one needs to be able to perform their job are really just the bedrock foundation for somebody who wants to have a great career in private service. And I know from my years in working private service, it can be very rewarding to work in this industry, but it really does require a certain element of personal discipline. And, you know, we've all made the mistakes that have helped us to learn those over the years. But I think that your sharing that wisdom with our listeners is really insightful. And, and uh, I think that working in the auditing industry would be a great place to lay that foundation for someone who wanted to even move on to a land-based uh, estate manager job later on in their career. So, But one of the things that Matt and I have also been talking about with the folks that, that have been on the show with us is, and I'm a big fan of Down Abbey, so we, we always like to ask folks how they've seen their industry change over the years. And then maybe sort of the, some of the trends that they see that are on the horizon for things that you might see down the road. So would you just share with the folks who are listening maybe the things you've seen that are interesting as far as some changes that have happened in luxury yachting and then maybe some things that you're seeing? I know you're not in it right now, but maybe just as, as you're associated with luxury yachts and being down in Florida that you might see for the future. Yes, you know, I have been out of it for eight years now, and there's been a lot of changes in those eight years. Um, the, the the yachts are getting bigger and bigger and bigger, you know, and the toys that are on the yachts have changed dramatically uh, from when I was on them. You know, the, the crew definitely needs to be more um, aware of how all of these different things operate. Uh, the, the yachts are going to m- many more exotic destinations than before uh, due to size or, you know, there's always what's called uh, a ship that you can piggyback on and go across the ocean, uh, Dock Express, which will float the smaller boats and then they'll take the water out of the cargo ship and then secure them and then they'll take them across, you know, the oceans wherever they want to go to uh, which is very exciting Um, definitely there's crew burnout uh, from all of the traveling and and you know back-to-back charters so more more boats I believe are rotating crews which is very welcomed um, to to crew members which uh, back when back in my day it wasn't really that common so I'm sure that is uh, quite a big change uh, in the industry now. Uh, also, you know, I have found that people can f- 
feel that they've learned a lot from taking the different courses and going to the schools without the actual experience. Uh, you really need to get in those, you know, get, get into a position, work your way up, work, work hard, put your mindset to where you're just going to work and learn, get the experience, and, and, and don't expect to just walk onto a boat as an entry-level person and think that you're going to, you know, get a, a good position. Not a good position. They're, they're great positions, but, you know, a, a high-paid position without really getting the, the experience under your belt. Yeah, that's that's very interesting. So you're mentioning that there are cargo ships that will actually take yachts and put them inside the cargo ship? Yeah, it's um it's a boat designed to sink uh you know the the cargo area and it's all open inside and the boats will the the, the sailboats yachts you know some of the smaller vessels they mm-hmm. they get they float in um and they get into their cradles that are already in position for them and then they uh, you know, to, uh, release all the water and the boats are all high and dry in the cargo ship mm-hmm. and they make the transatlantic on that. And that way some, some owners prefer that it's a little bit less wear and tear on the boats. Uh, but you know, some of, some of the boats don't, aren't able to get to say the South Pacific on their own bottom because of the range. So that's how they get there. And then they'll spend the season in the South Pacific. Come on, DJ, you know, you know, you knew the answer to that. You, you just had your yacht in one of those the last week, right? <laughs> that's how it got to Greenwich. That's right. <laughs> we brought it from the Mediterranean. We just brought it over from the Mediterranean. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. So, hey, real quickly, we've got about um, we've got about seven minutes, and you know we still have some listeners uh, that are online, and, and if those listeners would like to ask Carrie a quick question uh, before we wrap up with the show, um, all you have to do is press the number one on your phones, and that will let us know that you're uh, interested in uh, asking Carrie a question. With that being said, Carrie, one thing I would like to ask you is. Um, how did you first discover DEMA and what have been your experiences uh, to date? I, I actually discovered DEMA when I was in, in um, my transition and I got my personal assistant property manager's position on, on land, as I say. And searching the Internet, we came across uh, domestic estate managers uh, having a meeting and it happened to be near our area in uh, Boca Raton and we signed up to go to this meeting both my husband and I and really enjoyed the presentation uh, met wonderful people it's great to meet peers uh, that are in the same business as you that uh, you can share your information with and from that point on I you know, the, the first convention out in L.A. was uh, was happening, so we went there, and then I have been to each convention thereafter. So this will be my fifth convention, and it's just a great uh, networking, workshops. Uh, the people that you meet are 
are incredible. You have lots of opportunities that, you know, you could pursue just by making the connection with people that are at this event. They're all in the same industry. And it's then great. You're, then you're five for five. You're, you're, you're on our baseball team. I'm yeah. five for five. <laughs> That's great. From my opinion, Carrie, one of the things that I have felt that's been so beneficial from being a, a part of the association is the networking and just the, the number of great people that I would never have had the opportunity to meet had I not been connected with Dima. So I can so relate to what you're saying about them. But before we go, I wanted to ask you, maybe now that you've been had experience both working uh, on a yacht and now having worked in a land-based estate manager's role, what would you say are the, the main differences between those two uh, scenarios? Well, when you're working, when you're working on land, uh, you have all of the resources that you can reach out to. Uh, you know the different vendors in your areas. When, when you are working on a yacht, you have to make do with what you have. So proper planning before you head out is crucial to be able to have what you need on board. You need extra parts uh, for, you know, the engineering department, the deck department, the stewardess department. Every department needs to have spares because you can't just ring somebody and say, can you deliver? You also need to have a good amount of information to the different ports that you're going to because that's where you're going to be getting your flowers. That's where you're going to be getting your provisions. That's where you're going to be getting your fuel. You know, uh, you need to know all the great restaurants that maybe the guest would want to go to and massage therapists and doctors and anything that you can think of. It's a little bit more challenging on a yacht because you go to many different places and you need to have the resources available at your fingertips for the different locations that you go. Carrie, this is uh, I just want to I want to thank you uh, on behalf of uh, DJ and I. I think this has been an awesome talk to be able to have you on the show. And uh, just wanted to thank you personally here before we, we wrap things up. Um, you know, from a DEMA standpoint, this is, uh, this is why uh, DEMA is as successful as it has been because of participants like yourself that are willing to come on here and share your on air or your on air, your w- real world uh, experiences. And we really appreciate you taking the time to do that. Um, so before we let you go, uh, I know we've had some listeners that have been listening live. They must be shy. So they're probably not going to show up on a below deck. Um, and, uh, and be on that show. But um, if they do have some questions on, um, uh, on the yachting industry, can you provide your contact info um, so they might be able to reach out for it, to you? Sure. Uh, my email is my name, Lyons at gmail.com. And my phone number is 954-683-5688. And I'll be happy to direct anyone in the, you know, the the right direction in order to get any information that they would need if they wanted to work on a yacht. Excellent. Excellent. Thank you so much for being on the show, Carrie. We really appreciate it. DJ, as always, it's always a pleasure to uh, have you by my side here. 
if you have more questions about your local chapter of DEMA or if you have questions about the private service industry, please feel free to contact us at info at domesticmanagers.com. If you would like to be a guest on the show or have a suggestion for a potential topic or guest that you'd like us to interview, please contact us at that same email address. If you can't catch our show live on Wednesdays at noon Eastern time, or if you'd like to listen to a previous episode, the show is available as a podcast on blogtalkradio.com and iTunes. And if you subscribe, you will be notified when we post our most recent episode. Uh, We will be on air again next Wednesday, August, uh, August the 3rd. And uh, we will be joined by a special surprise guest. Uh, We're not going to let the cat out of the bag quite yet. As always, I've been your host, Matthew Hack. We really appreciate you guys taking time to listen to DEMA Live. On behalf of my colleagues and staff at DEMA, thank you for allowing us to continue to serve those that serve others. Thanks, Matt. Thanks, DJ. Thanks, everyone.